a few seconds away from switching to the redundant sense sequencer. T-minus 27 seconds. We have gone for redundant set sequencer start. T-minus 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15, 14, 13. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Four. We've gone for main engine start. We have main engine start. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Talking Nerdy. This is Tim Jausma. With me, we've got... Hey guys, I'm Christopher Lazarick. People call me Laz. Yeah, and he uh, he's the one who created our wonderful theme song here and calling all the way from New York, we have... Noel. Hello, hello. How's it going? It's going, man. It's uh, we, We're in the middle of a heat wave. I guess most of the country, the north, I guess the, the most of the, I guess the northeast is in a heat wave. I don't know how you guys are doing out, out northwest with the uh, wildfires and stuff. It's been pretty bad here the past couple days. Uh, yesterday, I was in bed most of the day with a migraine, and it was just so hot that that was the first time ever that my fan was not good enough. My wife wow. and I got an AC unit, finally, and it was the, it was the best $400 I've spent. Someone's bragging here. So. <laughs> All right, so the reason we are here today is to talk about music videos from the 80s and 90s. Uh, yeah, that um, yeah, I mean, it, it's in the 80s, I mean, music videos have been around for a long time. I mean, I know the Beatles, uh, they, uh, when they stopped touring and whatnot, occasionally they would still make some, uh, what, what we now know today as music videos for promotion on talk shows, uh, and whatnot. And then you had, uh, people like Mike Nesmith, who, uh, I believe it was called Elephant Parts, but he did this long form video that essentially was the inspiration for what MTV ultimately became. And then M the other more you know. Um, and uh, when MTV finally hit, uh, it was a new way to kind of deliver music to the masses. Um, you know, and for a few years, you know, people were trying to figure their way into, you know, deciding what was going to be, you know, how, how essentially to utilize a new format, which um, most of the time was just, uh, you know, doing concert footage or Rod Stewart shaking his butt in front of the camera. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, music videos have evolved throughout the years. But uh, before we get into that, I wanted to be, start off by, you know, kind of giving a baseline for the audience about our musical interests. So we'll start off with you, Laz. What was your first concert? Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I w spent most of my time in, in church. So 
some people would say my first music experience is, is, is being in church, but I think that my first real music experience was going to go see John Mayer and Guster. We went um, from North Carolina and we went to Charlotte. My parents and I drove down there when I was young on the Heavier Things tour and I just loved it. And uh, I went through a big jam band phase for a while and um, yeah. I love how the southern twang kicked in when you mentioned North Carolina. Oh, you have to. You have to. It's, part, it's how you say Carolina. You just say Carolina. Carolina, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about you, Noah? My first concert was in Ithaca College, and it was the Milky Way Tour. It was uh, De La Soul, mm. um, Goody Mob, and Fishbone. <laughs> and Fishbone was the main act. Yeah, Fishbone was the main act. So it was Goody Mob, then came De La, and then came Fishbone. And, you know, I, I mean, Goody Mob was at Cell Therapy. It was, a, it was a big song at the time, came out, and, you know, De La's De La Soul. Yeah. That was great. But Fishbone took it to a whole new level. I knew about them, I knew their music. But those dudes just sprung it. And, you know, the lead singer, Angelo, I mean, my goodness, man, he just sprung it. Sprung it and bring it on. And it's kind of funny. They're on tour right now. They are, um, yeah, if you, if you go to their website, they're on tour. They're coming to Brooklyn. I think they're playing in your guys' area in Portland. Oh, but it is crazy. That'd be great. Nice. Yeah. Well, my you, Tim? Yeah, me. Imagine that. Um, I got two stories. One was a free concert I attended, and then one would be the first concert that I paid for. But the free one was in 95 in Grand Rapids. It was a local music station changed formats from pop music to alternative. And um, it was, maybe no one will remember this, but during the 90s, they had a weird fascination for naming stuff weird. I mean, they called the special all-day free concert them. I don't know why, but yeah, um, you know, the, I mean, the band that ended up closing the show was the Goo Goo Dolls, which was funny because the bass singer comes out and is like, are you ready to fucking rock? And then they played the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, <laughs> that band's interesting though. It started as a punk band. Uh, yeah. And then, then, then Johnny Resnick wrote that one song and then they became acoustic band. And then, uh, and then everything <laughs> went downhill from there. But uh, halfway through the show, um, there was a young lady got up on stage, uh, just heard her acoustic guitar, singing some songs, um, you know, talking about life in Alaska, being homeless for a bit, but she was a really good singer. And uh, at the end of her set, she was signing autographs. Uh, for everybody that showed up, they give you a free poster and whatnot. So I got in line, and I was the last one in line. She signed a poster. I brought it home. I was like, great, I got an autograph. Three weeks later, I'm, you know, cleaning my room, and uh, I see this poster with the autograph, and I'm thinking, eh, fuck it. What is she ever going to do? Ripped it up and threw it away. That singer was Jewel. Wow. A year before her first album hit it big. Yet another... That and... Just sometimes my, my mindset, like uh, when the iPad first came out, I was like, that'll never hit it big. Everybody has a computer. You know, why? That's going to tank. That's going to sink that company, and look what happened there. But <laughs> um, that was my first concert experience going free-wise. But the first one I paid for, Kiss. 
It was, yeah, 97, the reunion concert in full makeup. Um, they didn't have an opening act. They just played uh, some live song. Uh, they just played some, you know, various songs over the loudspeaker. But the last song they played before Kiss hit, hit, the, hit the stage was Won't Get Fooled Again from The Who. And, yeah, as uh, the song kept on going, the lights started getting dimmer and dimmer until there was just a big spotlight. There was a big curtain in front of the stage with the Kiss logo. And then um, once the song hit, it was like their, their usual, um, what, what is it? Um, you wanted the best and you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. And then all of a sudden, boom, the curtain goes down, explosions hit. Mm-hmm. And it's Kiss starting off with Deuce great experience. I mean, they're not the greatest band in the world. I mean, if I had to say Kiss, Kiss is great for 12-year-olds to get get interested in rock and roll. But that was a great experience for me. So, anyway, we're going to be talking about music videos now. You know, music videos are unique. Um, You know, kind of like comic books in a way. I mean, you know, like a comic book, it's there to tell a story, but they're also using visual elements to tell that story. Now, one thing before uh, we begin going to run a list, one thing I told uh, Noel and Chris not to include was Thriller. That is not a knock against that song. It still goes down as one of the greatest music videos of all time. You don't have to be a fan of Michael Jackson to, you know, appreciate what that song did. And it was also one of the instances, too, where the music video actually made the song better. Any thoughts on Thriller? It made it's the song not better. the best. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Here's here's my thoughts about music videos. I think that music videos uh, allow for creative individuals to express their their musical ideas, this intangible floating idea, music in space, and then it makes it something that's visual that you can return to, and it paints a different picture about what's going inside that person's head. And Thriller just shows how crazy creative <laughs> Michael Jackson is. Yeah. He, he had just a vision and. Like, the wolf scene is crazy in that movie. And all the zombies coming out. It, and the dance. Everything's... Yeah. I mean, the makeup from Rick Baker, uh, the direction from John Landis. What's funny, though, is... Um, and you can find this out on JW.org, uh, the Jehovah's Witness website. In 1984, the Jehovah's Witness actually had Michael Jackson make a statement that they published in the Watchtower, essentially denouncing Thriller. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, his uh, mother is still a Jehovah's Witness. Um, but his father wasn't. His father was a drunk and beat the kids. Are you outside now? What? There's a, like a. It sounds like cars are passing by. Uh, I mean, that's. Not, I mean, you tell me. I mean, how do I? How, I mean, is, is that that seems to be you guys? I don't know about uh, <laughs> over here. So I mean, it's pretty. It's, it's just a fan and AC buzzing. Okay. That's about it. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, we're recording this. It's hot. So if you hear something like that, you hear something like that. Anyway, so. Let's start off. Les, what's your first choice? My first choice <laughs> is Crazy by Aerosmith. Because that movie is crazy. First of all, the song is amazing. It's one of the best songs. Going back to Hollywood. It's just great. And it's that kind of love and does a man to his grave. It's a great song. <laughs> Secondly, it's really, really, 
risque for a kid to be watching that music video. Yeah. There. Yeah. There's everything in that video. They like they skip school and then they like they seduce some men at a gas station <laughs> and then they sneak into a strip club and they they like pole dance for money and they're in high school and then the strangest thing about it is that that's Steven Tyler's daughter, which just seems strange. And what's extra strange about that video is that there are a couple of times where Liv Tyler is essentially mimicking her father at the strip club. Yeah. Which is just... <laughs> which are good moves, by the way. Steven Tyler's got some great stripper moves, I think. Yeah. yeah he knows how to work the pole. <laughs> the microphone pole. <laughs> But uh, and then at the at the very end of it, my, one of the best parts is when the they they meet that that really buff, sexy guy on the tractor, and then they jump into the water and they steal his car, or they steal the car back, or something. And then the tractor that he was on is still cutting through the grass, and it's cutting crazy. The the name of the song through the field that he was plowing. It's just an extravagant music video. And Aerosmith is usually known for their subtlety, so <laughs> very subtle. <laughs> so that movie, that movie meant something to me because I remember it as a kid. <laughs> it's a memorable video. Was that on your list too? Uh, not that one. Not I mean, one. it's still a good one, but yeah, not that. One. I knew you said Aerosmith, but yeah, that's my first pick. All right. What about you, Noah? Well, uh, <laughs> follow that. I think I'm going to. Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I'm, I, I would say Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, stop motion. That That's an incredible video. It, it still stands. It, I was watching it uh, last night when I was getting my list together. I was at, I was kind of in a little quandary, so I started asking some of my other friends, and they were just giving me names. I was like, I forgot about that video. It's like, oh, I forgot about that video. Like, there was so many, especially in the 80s and 90s. When MTV was that was relevant, or VH1 started, you know, you the, these were actually kind of a, you know, these cool little artistic, you know, segments into in in, in 40 songs. But for Sledgehammer, I mean, I, I had so I had I had that album, but that video was just crazy. That was that was probably one of the best videos that I've I've ever seen. That, that video still stands. Just yep. you stop motion, and towards the end of the video when he's when he's singing with the ladies in and coming in. But when it's when there's one scene where his face gets animated and it's uh, it's, wow. it's incredible. Oh, and what blew my mind um, in the mid '90s, I actually worked at a music store in Michigan. It's out of business now, and the owners were assholes and they deserved it. But it was called Believe in Music, and. I learned at that time of Peter Gabriel's past history. I never knew he was the original lead singer for Genesis. Oh, you said, did you tell me that? Uh, no. Someone recently told me that. Yeah. I, I forgot. And, and like, Peter Gabriel during that time um, on stage uh, was into, I, I guess, a Bowie type of motif. And that, what I mean by that is he would use his performance as kind of like performance art. He would dress weird. He would have weird haircuts. Um, but just to essentially get a reaction from the audience. And, um, you know, hearing Genesis music from the 70s, comparing it to what it became in the 80s and early 90s, I mean, which, which is the only Genesis I knew. I mean, I never knew that they were a, a prog rock band like Yes. Oh, yeah, they, they were huge. There's a documentary about them that I caught, and I, I knew Gabriel was part of that, but I didn't, you don't, when you see the early stuff, what they were doing, 
they were in. I mean, they really were out there. And, oh, yeah. and, and you know, Collins came on as a drummer, and once that switched up, you know, they they just became more mainstream, and more popular. You know, that's kind of the stuff we know of of them with Duke. And you know, and like what's it, uh, Invisible Touch? I think it's probably is probably like a like a staple, you know, '80s um, album. But that's when they really started making big. And, and their, their video—I mean, I don't know if you guys have any have any have them listed. I, see, there's another group I, I could have put on my list for for music videos, Genesis. But uh, you know, back to Gabriel. Once I saw that video and I heard that album, I became a Gabriel fan, and then his music really went in a totally different direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, lots of good stuff. That I mean, video is wild because it's. Yeah. I think that every single scene is a different piece of art. Like they could have just released a series of stills. How much? How much time do they have to spend on all that stop animation to make like what? What is it? Maybe a five minute video, six minute video? Crazy. Yeah. That took a long time. I mean. It must. I think it took for for the, for the the video's like three minutes long. I think it. Oh, you can probably check this out. I think it took like maybe a couple, uh, about the hours. But Peter literally sitting on a table, staring in this bright light while they have while they're doing these, these effects on him, and it just just comes together. And yeah, and with stop motion too. I mean, I can imagine that being really tough to film for the human involved um, because you, they have to film it essentially. They're essentially just taking pictures, and the pictures are blended together to make a moving, uh, a moving video. Believe it or not, um, and you know, just having to, you know, have a, take a picture. Open your mouth at this level. Open your mouth at this level, and then go on. Doesn't, it, doesn't it start with like a motion, like their ears move? Yeah, that video. Yeah, just up, down. Yeah, like they probably did that for like hours just yeah. to get that right. Took 16 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Took 100. These have been fake facts with Chris. <laughs> we have enough of that in this country. All right, I will go on with mine. Um, the first one on mine is unique. It's You probably categorize this group as a one-hit wonder. The video itself... Is not the best directed video in the world. The song is probably ne- never going to go down as the greatest song in the world, but the gusto that they brought to it just, just even today, I can watch this video and smile and sing along. And that's the Humpty Dance from Digital Underground. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just I, I, I think of rustling when I see that. And what I mean by that is this. Take some, take a character like The Undertaker. On paper, that character should have lasted six months at the very most. But the amount of effort, you know, Mark Calloway, the guy who plays The Undertaker, put into that character made it last for as long as it did. And, um, you know, with the Humpty Dance, the, the I, I don't know the guy's name. I don't know any of the band members or anything like that. But the guy who played Humpty Hump in that song. Gave it, yeah, I didn't know anything about that. But, no, <laughs> but he um, put his all into that, and it's just one hell of a fun, goofy video. Yeah, I've not seen it. You've not seen it? No. You got it. Oh, really? I'll watch it. Wow. Yeah, that's the one. You should check that one out. Okay. And and that's the thing too. I mean, I th- you know, hip hop in the late '80s, early '90s had a lot of variety. Um, you know, I mean, t- t- like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince with the uh, parents just don't understand or girls in the world ain't nothing but trouble. They had a lot of those goofy type of. I, I, it was a product of the time, I guess, but just a lot of great, unique stuff that was coming out that you don't necessarily see today. Mm-hmm. My turn. Your turn. 
I want to talk about You Can Call Me Al. <laughs> Go Paul Simon. I think that, okay, here's my memory of this, this music video, because I didn't see it uh, when it was like on VH1 or MTV. I fir- so I was in marching band in high school, and we played that song. <laughs> and- oh, wow. And marching band, right? And so my first memory of that song is like hearing the piccolos do that line and then having the trombones go, and so that's that's my first memory. And so there's a weird association between You Can Call Me Al and high school football. But then the music video, which is what we're here for, is also incredible. Uh, It's got Chevy Chase in it. And Paul Simon, and they are both sitting, deadpan, looking at a camera in a pink room, I think. Yeah. And there's just, like, perfect Chevy Chase moments where he just, he just, like, does weird stuff, like, take his cup that, I don't know if there's anything in it, and he just, like, drops it on what later becomes the conga stand. He, like, he, like, it's a side table, he just drops it, and then... He, Paul Simon keeps trying to sing the song, but Chevy Chase keeps taking over, and it's 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 just the best. And then when they stand up, I think it's hysterical how tiny Paul Simon looks next to Chevy Chase. It's the best. Yeah, I mean Chevy Chase is a big guy. He is. I mean, I think he's, <laughs> he's about. I mean, honestly, I think he's about my height. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, when the video first came out, I wasn't a huge Chevy Chase fan. I've, you know, as I've mentioned on the show before, uh, my appreciation of him has definitely gained over time. Um, but uh, I loved its simplicity as well. Yeah, you know, it didn't try to do too much. I mean, um, you know, we mentioned Genesis earlier. I, I think of some of the Genesis or Phil Collins videos out there. I think they were trying to do. Uh, they were trying to look innovative, and by trying to look innovative, they made videos that didn't necessarily stand the test of time. Whereas with this, I could see this being something that could be released today with a song, same type of format yeah. and whatnot. So it's like the opposite of the song that you were talking about, Noel, because. Sledgehammer probably took forever to make. It was an art project. This is just two guys in a room <laughs> with a steady cam. <laughs> yeah, pretty simple. And the fact that Chevy, like I said, Chevy's mouth is just lip syncing, playing it. Yep. Yeah, that was yeah, that, that was yeah, another eighties, you know, you know classic one. That, that, that's from Graceland, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Grace? So, so that, I think that, that, that yeah, it's probably one of Paul Simon's big, biggest albums. Oh yeah. Yep. Definitely biggest selling albums. Yep. Just a just a music video about just being a good character. Mm-hmm. Being Chevy Chase. <laughs> and Chevy Chase. Hey. All right. Um, your next one, Noel. Mm, in excess, never tear us apart. Ooh. Ah, good one. Yeah. If you're a fan of the '80s, um, how could you not be a fan of uh, uh, of in excess? So uh, you know, in excess. Um, that, that's a great video. That's, that kick. I, I think everyone has an album. So uh, just just a really you know really good looking video. You know, and, and if you're a fan of Michael Hutchinson, you, you see him, see the band. Really, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the song too. I gotta say that that's a really good song, and it's a it's a the video really had a it, it, it just it just looks great. It's a great looking video, man. It's, you know, it's just the, I mean that time. They, that was one of the biggest bands on the planet, and there was this. And it, everybody loved that band, and you know we can talk. You know, I don't know if anybody has the you know Nietzsche's Night video, so other videos from that album. But that, but uh, there's this part. That's a. It's you know, a, 
it's also nice with 80s videos is like the sappiness of them so when oh, you yeah. really get like a really sappy love song you can just take it to a whole new level with the video mm-hmm. yeah and that album kick I mean you had uh, Need You Tonight Devil Inside New Sensation I don't get how In Excess did not make it big in America I mean, because usually you have a new, uh, you know, technically a new band that comes along that, you know, may have a hit or two, but then they disappear. But they had at least, what, like I mentioned, four or five songs from that album that really hit it big. And I, I it, it just baffles, baffles me that they didn't make uh, more of an impact in the States um, because... If I, I compare them to U2 in a sense that if U2 are like the Beatles, In Excess is kind of like the Rolling Stones. In, 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 in that, you know, the Stones were more sexualized, the Stones had more bad boyish stuff, I guess, and, and U2, you know, probably you could see them all being good church boys, but, you know, eh. I don't know. Baffles in my mind. Really? Because I, I remember that when, when Kit came out, dude, they were like the hottest band in the U.S. I, I mean, it, there's a, they, 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 as with all the bands we probably mentioned, you know it's going to do some documentary, some movie. They're actually, they're actually an excess movie, uh, like, 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 like an actual, like, uh, you like, know, like starting Like a Spice Girls movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think that, I don't Love know that. about that one, Chris. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was a... Uh, yeah, they, they were pretty, that, that was a big, I mean, I think, I remember, they were all over the place, they were on radio, when, I remember MTV, I mean, you gotta, if you, most of the, I think so far, like, with Aerosmith, and Paul Simon, and, and, and just the people we named so far, even Michael Jackson, with MTV, like I said, NXS just reached a whole new audience, once they, once that, you know, once Kick, you know, you know, once Kick came out, the video, man. They, I mean, they were all they were all over the U.S., man. I, I could I think that Kick Tour was one of the biggest tours of the, the '80s. And I'm not denying that they were a great band. They they were quite popular at the time. What I'm talking about is the fact that they couldn't carry that over into future albums. I mean, it, it probably, if I'm not mistaken, I think the album after Kick was released right around the time of Nirvana hit, and a lot of bands uh, during that era that normally would be popper popular were just instantly shunned by MTV. So maybe that had a big factor. Um, I you know, and Michael Hutchins had substance abuse issues, maybe there was too long of a delay between kick, I don't know, but again, they should have been more popular long term than they are, because I found it extremely sad in the mid-2000s. Do either of you remember that uh, reality show that was on CBS, uh, Rockstar in Excess? I think I do. I didn't. I didn't watch it. Yeah, because they made a reality show about replacing the lead singer of NXS, and they found a homeless Canadian guy to beat the new lead singer that immediately started a nasty heroin habit and is now a homeless guy again, even though he toured with NXS. But Interesting. Yeah, I, I found that. I found it sad that they had to go that route. But hey, what can you do? All right, I will go on with my next choice here. Uh, This choice made me realize that before I saw more strippers before the age of 18 than I've seen since, and that is the song Ragdoll from Aerosmith. And that video was... Writing that one down. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, two, two Aerosmith uh, videos? Okay. They were pretty darn big at the time. I mean... Oh, no, no. I'm just, like I said, I, I think what, when they came back, I think it was... What was the, what was the return album? Uh, the Permanent Vacation? The, the Permanent Vacation. That's where this song came off of. I mean, they really kicked... Um, I'll, I'll touch on that later. Um, but they uh, really first were reintroduced to audiences uh, thanks to a choice I'll mention a little bit later. But uh, Ragdoll for me was just fun. I mean, when you're a young, when it came out, I was like 11, just discovering girls and all that stuff. And then you see these grown men with all these hot checks around. Um, you're just sitting there smiling with a goofy look on your face throughout the entire thing. And, you know, the the, the image that stuck with, two images that stuck, stuck with me the most. One, uh, the guitar solo during the middle where uh, Joe Perry's playing a uh, slide guitar just sitting in a chair playing a slide guitar somewhere in New Orleans just looking like a cool badass guitar player and secondly the end of the video where Steven Tyler walks out of his girlfriend's house kisses her gets into a car and then he slowly drives by every single house and every, and every single house a woman in a nightgown is running out waving at him and he's waving back and I'm like as a kid I'm like that's what I want to be when I grow up that's what life is like now right that's how it works <laughs> Listen up, kids. If only, yeah. Your life can be like an Aerosmith video, so. Wow. Okay. All right. And I was like, what have I gotten myself into? I'm just sitting back, listening to the choices. Nothing more, nothing less. All right. Let's let's talk about a female artist. Let's talk about Paula Abdul. Yeah. Because that music video when she's dancing with the cat is amazing. What's the name of that song? I forgot. That's what it's called. Yeah. I think that's a. I only know that music video from like later on when they're doing like, you know, VH1, Remember the 80s sort of stuff, and they talk about the most impactful videos. But that video is. It's. They do a great job with that, like, that real life and uh, animated stuff and that that tune is a bop it goes hard and uh with that that music video gave us space jam i find a direct correlation between that that music video and space jam so i i owe paul abdul space jam yeah, I mean, she had a couple of good songs. Um, Straight Up was pretty good. Straight Up, now, down. Yeah, and even though it had Arsenio in it. Um, but, yeah, she was, I, you know, I don't think she was ever going to be somebody that, you know, was going to, I mean, if she came out with a world tour right now, she's going to be touring clubs. But, you know, for the time that she came out, she was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, there's a there's like a tap dance scene in that music video. And I also like that she's wearing like a long skirt. Like <laughs> it's not particularly like risque in, in any way. She's wearing like black hose and a, and a like a padded shoulder skirt. Do you know what I mean? It's not like an Aerosmith video. It's right? not. Yeah, it's like the opposite. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to create a little variety on the podcast. Yeah, not like this going back to him. Hey. <laughs> Here we go. All right. And with that, another episode of Friends Talking Nerdy is in the Books. We thank you all for listening. This is Tim Jowsma. Remember to tune in again next week to hear part two of our discussion on 80s and 90s music videos. Once again, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And thank Laz for uh, showing up to the show. Um, we wanted to get him on the show uh, talking about a dedicated topic for a while now. And uh, we were glad that uh, we were able to uh, get him on to discuss all things music. Because as you know... 
Each and every week, when you start off this show, you hear some of his work. Um, and if you get a chance, head to his website, ChristopherLazric.com, where you can find information on how to purchase his EP, Here's to You, which is available on all digital platforms. Um, he's a good guy. He's a good singer. He's a good songwriter. Help him out because he did us one hell of a favor, as I've said many, many, many times before, by creating such a great theme song for us. So, once again, tune in again next week. Hey, hey buddy, how are you singing? I'm Shut up, Beavis. Oh, my God. You may be about to see the coolest video you have ever seen in your life. Oh. Now, Beavis. <laughs> uh. Beavis. Oh. Oh. Uh, Beavis? <laughs> this guy's probably just like a stunt man or something. I bet he's not even in the band. <laughs> like, what's a song supposed to be about anyway? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Look at that dude back there. Uh, Beavis. Beavis, are you there? Beavis, what's your problem? Beavis, it's not even real. It's just like special effects. This is cool. This is a damn good video. Uh, it's like, uh, Beavis, are you going to say anything? No. Damn it, Beavis. Snap out of it, dumbass. I'm going to change the channel. Butthead, I'm only going to tell you this once. If you touch that remote, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, right. Damn it, Beavis. Snap out of it right now. Oh, what happened? Where am I? Uh, you're right here, Beavis. What's your problem? Oh, I just like, I just like blacked out or something. What's going on? We just saw a dude running around on fire. No way, really? And I missed it? Uh, no, you saw the whole thing, dumbass. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't here. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.